Thank you so much, Duffields, for that beautiful song. Several years ago, I happened upon an interview of a cancer survivor. I didn't write her name down, but her story is still locked in my memory. We'll call her Teresa. Diagnosed with breast cancer, Teresa experienced nine months of challenge, surgery to remove the cancerous lumps, months of chemotherapy, more months of radiation therapy, and finally, three months of waiting to see if radical worked. During that waiting period, Teresa spoke of entering into what she called the darkest chapter of her spiritual experience. It was like a a tunnel of discouragement that appeared to have no future. Then came a point of absolute surrender. Teresa's words, as I recall it, were something like this. If your will for me is to sleep in Jesus until you come back to take me home, I'm ready for that. If you still have plans for me on earth, if there's something here for me to do, I'm ready to live for you. A peace flooded over Teresa like she had never experienced before. And she knew that whether she was healed or not, there was a calm assurance that sustained her. Thankfully, Teresa went on to uh, cancer-free health and years of happiness. Then she said something that I considered pivotal in the interview. She confessed that since that time of spiritual awakening, there had been numerous dark valleys that had filled her life. The blazing light, she said, of that early experience had not dispelled forever every dark cloud. That's it right there. The Christian life is not as we sometimes think of it, a once-in-a-lifetime flurry of grace that leaves us ever more complete. Spiritual maturity is a day-by-day continual recharging and renewal. Let's pause for a moment and ask for God's blessing as we seek His instruction in His Word this morning. Father in heaven, speak to us now by the ministry of Your Spirit. Be with each person as they listen and worship in their homes or wherever this day may find us all. Work by Your power and strength, we pray. Send Your mighty angels to direct and guide our thoughts. And we will give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in the midst of a series here at Village Church called Steps to Christ, Doing Life with Jesus. And we're looking at a framework, a pathway for living our life as disciples of Christ. So far, we've talked about foundational issues related to our connection with God. We've, we've talked about God's prevailing love and our innate need of Him. We've talked about repentance and confession and consecration. We've talked about faith and, <clears throat> and obedience. And this week, we're going to dig down into growing in Jesus Christ and what that means and, and how it happens. 
this is uh, a series, and we have five weeks ahead of us in this series, and it's sort of like this is uh, the, the end of the first segment, and the next segment begins with the, the next five, where we will talk about um, practical issues, five practices that are essential for our spiritual growth. And I hope you'll be with us for the, the whole journey. A major resource for this series is the spiritual classic called Steps to Christ. If you don't have a copy of this book, but would like one, just go to our website, Village uh, College Place, villageadventist.org, and you can find a spot there, a connect card, fill it out uh, uh, electronically, and that gets a message to us. We'd love to send you uh, a copy of this book for free. Now, I mentioned that we're in a series, but next week will be an essential pause, essential, because it's what could and I think is the most important event in human history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We were looking forward to this day, this Easter, this Sabbath of celebrating Christ's resurrection with a glorious a worship of music and song and, and, and prayer and readings with our Village Church Choir, our Village Church Orchestra, handbells and others, all under the direction of Terry Koch, our Minister of Music. But alas, this stay-at-home order has interrupted that as well. But nothing can interrupt this radical truth, Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. So join us next week as we dive into, well, in a sort of simple way, simpler than we were going to, but as we celebrate this world-confounding, history-rearranging, life-transforming truth, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're in the midst of an unprecedented global crisis the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted, it seems, everything, everyone, everywhere. And I've thought about pressing the pause button and focusing on current issues related to life and how this COVID-19 issue affects us all. But I've decided instead to forge ahead with our Steps to Christ series because I believe that we are on the right path even for right now, in this time. The heart of Christianity is discipleship, following Jesus Christ, becoming like Jesus. And that's what we're about here in this series. And this is, no doubt about it, God's purpose for us. Consider Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3. For this is the will of God for you, your sanctification. The primary goal of life is transformation. Uh, following this urge that I had to maybe see how this COVID-19 fits into the final days of Earth's history may have been an interesting side note. But more basic, more important than this, I think, is what we are about in this series. 
Our study today is at the very core, growing in Jesus Christ, spiritual growth. And today we're going to look at four core foundational factors that the Bible talks about and as in terms of growing in Jesus Christ. Here they are. You can write them down from the comfort of your home or wherever you are. Dependence upon God, abiding in Jesus Christ, a daily surrender of my will to Christ's will, and keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Those four, that's what we'll talk about today. Well, one of my favorite trees that graces the landscape of the Walla Walla Valley is the lovely dogwood tree. So a priority for me when we were landscaping our home was to have at least two in our yard. And so I did. I planted two, one on one side, one on the other side of our yard. Unfortunately, one of those lovely dogwoods languished from the very start. It just didn't seem to have it. I didn't know what was wrong. I tried my best for years to to pull it out of its funk. But late last summer, I was done fussing. I had had it. I ordered a pink dogwood, one of my favorites, online. (laughs) I banished that faltering dogwood to the backyard. I was still hopeful. I was thinking maybe it might survive, and I planted the new one in its place. I took that mangy-looking thing out of the box. It looked more like a twig than a tree. By early fall, it not... It had gotten not better but worse. Before any of the rest of the trees in my yard had lost its leaves, this one had lost the few that were on it. And it was just bare naked. It looked more dead than alive. And I wondered, is this thing going to make it? Is this going to make it? All winter long, I've kind of wondered, is this plant, is my dogwood going to make it? Then a couple days ago, I ventured out in my yard again after a long winter snap. And uh, checked out my dogwood. And it looked as dead as ever. (laughs) Just as dead as ever. I fussed a bit. I cleared the weeds out a bit from around it. I cultivated and I hoped. But I didn't know. I didn't know if that dogwood was alive or dead. And I knew it wouldn't be because of anything that I'd done if it were alive. Last Sunday, I was out in the yard again. I took a careful look. And wouldn't you know it, lo and behold, praise the Lord, I found some buds on nearly every branch. There was life in that tree, but it wasn't because of anything I'd done. And here's my point. Here's the essential truth. My skill, my wisdom didn't bring that pink dogwood to life. I certainly wanted it to live, but everything I could do Everything I might do that would make its growth favorable and life possible wouldn't really create life, wouldn't bring life. I couldn't make that dogwood live. It's the same way in our spiritual life. Only God can create life. And only God can bring growth. And only God can bring forth life, spiritual life in us. Jesus explained this in in one of his parables. In Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 28, he said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. 
A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. Notice Jesus emphasizes in these verses that life and growth happen because of something miraculous, something without human help. And here's the point. Spiritual life, kingdom of God growing is miraculous. It's miraculous. It's all by itself. Just like that seed. Just as growth in a plant happens mysteriously, as the parable says, by God's life-giving work. So the word of God in me, in you, in the heart of every hearer brings life and growth. Growth in God's name. That's what happens by him. It's his gift for you, to you. And it only comes and always always comes only in him. Only in him. Jesus' character in me is heaven-dependent. That's the first truth of God's word about this most important topic. And the second is related to it. Growth comes by abiding in him. So life comes because of him and growth comes by abiding in him. And I, I, as I mentioned to you, I was all out for dogwoods. But my wife's dream for beauty and color to grace our home were the lovely rose. And so eight of those beauties line the front of our house. And Wafia makes sure to feed and trim and care for them regularly. And she spares no effort to uh, put, to create these flowers. But nothing my wife does actually makes those flowers. Now, she snips and she trims and she puts a bud occasionally in a vase and it remains beautiful for a few days. But to remain alive, to be producing, it takes a connection. It takes a fundamental connection with that, that plant. And so it is in spiritual life. A branch lives by its reliance on the parent stock. Apart from that bush, there would be no branch. Apart from that branch, there would be no rose. There would be no life. And just as much so, I am dependent upon God for growing in Christ, in His likeness, in living for Him. A God-honoring life, I am dependent upon Him just as much as the rose is dependent upon the bush for its life. I can be impatient I can try harder. I can try to be less self-centered. But all that gets me is frustration or a bit of pride if I achieve something. But by drawing close to Jesus Christ, by drawing close to God in worship and prayer and dependence, that's how I flourish. And that's how everything good, everything perfect, everything peaceful, everything, every good quality in me comes as a result of this. Jesus said it this way. I'm the vine, you're the branches, John 15, verse 5. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Another translation uses the term abide. I'll read it here. 
New King James Version, verse number four. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Growth as a follower of Jesus Christ happens by abiding, by staying connected with Jesus Christ personally, fully, daily, moment by moment in connection with him. And it's a hap- it happens the same way actually as when we first meet Jesus Christ and find life and hope and forgiveness in him. It's God's work for you. It's God's work in you. It's God's, God's work for us. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. That includes growth in him. A rose blossom happens because it's part of the plant. It's the same way with you and me in our Christian life. Almost 50 years ago now, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. By faith, I became Christ. By faith, I, I've grown up in Him and continue to, to follow after Him as, as best I can. I gave Him my heart, my all. I gave Him my, my, my will, my life, my affections, my time, my talent. I, I gave it all to Him. I gave myself to honor His word, to receive His, his instruction, to walk in His steps, to obey his requirements. And I took everything he gave me. Everything. The fullness of his grace. The fullness of his goodness. The fullness of his life living in me. The fullness of his strength. The fullness of his work, his will in me. The fullness of his purity, his wholeness, his righteousness the fullness of his help, his healing, the fullness of his power to obey, I took that all. And that complete giving, that complete taking, that remaining, that abiding in, that abiding with, remaining with, has brought a fruitfulness to my life. Now, I'm far from perfect. You can talk to just about anyone who knows me and you'll know that for sure. But that lack is mine, not his. Which brings me to the third point in our search for how we grow in Christ, and that is surrender. A daily surrender of my will to God's will. Spiritual growth for every believer is essentially this, a surrender, a surrender every day. It's got to be like a daily ritual. Here's a prayer that that you might try. It's been meaningful for me. It says this, Take me, O Lord, as wholly thine. I lay all my plans at thy feet. Use me today in thy service. Abide in me and let let all thy work be wrought and let all my work be wrought in thee. Now, there's nothing magical about these words. You can do it with not using the same. You can just get rid of the these and the thous if you want to. Or say your own prayer of submission. But do it. Yield to God as your superior. Put off your will for his will. Follow the lead of what all of the Bible leaders tell us. For example, like David, who prayed this prayer. 
Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Pray that prayer, friend. That prayer of surrender. Or this one. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Or like Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As you begin every day, consecrate yourself to him. Consecrate your will to him for that day. Make it personal. Make it private. Make it sincere. But do it. Do it every day. Give God your plans. Surrender your life to him every day. Yield up your existence, your very existence to him. Now that doesn't mean that just you're, you're going to cancel all your appointments that you have planned for the day. It doesn't mean that you clear your day of all activity. No. It means that you lay everything before God. Everything. If, some, if something doesn't align with his will, if some meeting or some conversation goes beyond the lines of his counsel and his ways, then you pull back. You pull back and you give it up for him. If his providential leading or the counsel of his spirit impresses you, gently inspiring your mind to do something new, to say something special, to give some word of encouragement, you do that. You follow that. Or if he directs you to relate to something in a new way, you engage, you listen, you heed that gentle urging of his spirit, and you enter in to that conversation, that's, that's, that moment for him. Repeat that every day. Let his will be your will throughout the day. Listen for his urges. Yield to his ways. And by doing that, day after day, moment after moment, your life will be given into his hands and it will be molded more and more like Jesus. That's what all of us want. Here's a gentle warning, though. I'll just say, don't calculate your spirituality by your feelings and emotions, that's a bad indicator. Look to his love. Look to his power. Look to his intercession. Don't expect that all of a sudden you're going to feel an ecstatic sense or sensation or some great urge that, that tells you that everything is good and right and true and faithful. Don't, don't expect that. Do what's good, right, faithful and true because you know it is because God's word has said it is and you will to do his will that's why you do it so don't look to your own abilities don't look to your own resources strength or insight for becoming like Jesus look to his love look to his power look to his intercession look to his beauty the perfection of his character that is the transforming experience that will, bring, that will happen in, in all of our lives. 
That's what Paul encourages us to do in the book of Romans, chapter 12 and verse number 2, where he says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Or as another translation said, let God transform you into a new person by changing you, by rearranging you. It's by looking to God continually, obeying Him, depending upon Him, wholly, completely. That's how I'm transformed into His likeness. That word transformed in that verse, Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2, is the word from which we get the English word metamorphosis. Locusts, under certain conditions, become ravenous swarms that number in the billions and devour hundreds of millions of pounds of crop every day. That's a devastating metamorphosis. And it's happening in Africa today. A creeping caterpillar is transformed into a soaring, beautiful butterfly. That is beautiful metamorphosis. I want to say, friend, the transformation that God works in us makes these changes seem mild. God's transforming in me, in you, is leading me, leading you to do the things that Jesus would have done and wanting to do them. Not just because I have to, but because they make sense. I don't go around trying to do the right things. I become, by His strength and power, the right kind of person that wants to do the right kind of things because I want to. That's the transforming power of God in you and in me. Ordinary people like you, ordinary people like me, receiving power for extraordinary change. That morphing comes by daily surrender, heeding Jesus' words when he says to us, come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and teach me, and uh, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29. Christianity, Christianity is not a list of rules. Christianity is a surrender to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what Christianity is. Christianity is a surrender where I live my life for Him. I live my life in Him. I live my life with Him. I take my self, my wants, my desires, my directions, my, myself off center stage, and I put Jesus Christ in center stage. Right now, wicked forces, evil systems, constantly pummel for our attention, constantly. This COVID-19 pandemic has created a whole new level of distraction. It's like, it's like life, there's nothing else but coronavirus in life. I don't know about you, but I, I feel that way. But in this, in this era of social distancing, 
in this era where we're washing our hands in a totally new way, in this era where we're self-quarantining ourselves, in this era where we're practicing shelter in place, I would encourage you, friend, shelter in God. Shelter in God. Daily surrender to Jesus Christ. Here's what we need. That's what we need to, to focus on in our effort and our attention, surrendering to him, which, keeps, which leads us to our, our fourth and final point, which is simply this, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about, keeping our eyes fixed on him, keeping Jesus on the throne. Yes, this COVID pandemic is vying, challenging, us to make it first. I challenge you, friend, make Jesus Christ first. Constantly lean on Him. Keep your eyes fixed on Him. And in constantly choosing Him first, foremost, best, greatest, we are transformed. Like it says, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is what changed Jesus' disciples from quarrelsome, hot-headed, self-seeking, loud-mouthed, vengeful, disrespectful, resentful, impetuous gang. This is what changed them into world-transforming men and women. Every day, every day they saw the way Jesus was so strong, the way Jesus was so patient, the way that Jesus was, was so powerful, yet so tender and so understanding. Every day, every day they saw the way that Jesus was so majestic so much like God in human flesh. And yet, and yet he was so meek and so humble and always ready to, to help and serve. Every day they saw that. Every day with him. Every day they saw this beautiful character on display and their lives were drawn to him. The power of Jesus Christ lived and expressed to us was a renewing, a regenerating power. And the Holy Spirit transformed their lives. What happened to John and James and Matthew and Peter and Mary and Martha? What happened to them happens to us. The Spirit of God, the power of the living God, the love of God softens our hearts, transforms our character, raises our thoughts and our desires to love God, to love others, to love and honor His kingdom. As we depend upon Him, as we do His will, abide in Him, daily surrender Him, keep our eyes fixed on Him. That's what it takes. One of the greatest works of art in the Western world is Michelangelo's Pieta. It's a marble statue of an anguished Mary holding the crucified Christ. Some years ago, a fanatic nationalist 
rushed this masterpiece and began smashing it with a hammer. The damage was significant, but Vatican artists were able to restore the statue to near-perfect condition. Friend, you were created to be a masterpiece of God. You were. You may not feel like it, but that's exactly what Paul says. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, he says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God prepared us in advance to do. The New Living Translation says it this way, We are God's masterpiece. Imagine it. New King James, we are his workmanship. You are a piece of art. God's piece of art. You're made in God's image. Made to know his oneness. Made to be his person in this world. Which is really why our own fallenness is so tragic. But God is determined. And he's going to overcome the defacing of his image in us by his power. His plan is not merely just to repair our brokenness. He wants to make us new creatures. New creatures. Jesus in heaven now, by his presence, by his intercession, by the Holy Spirit power, is with us to transform us in his image. He said, he promised us before he left, surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's interested in you, friend. He's interested in in your growth, in your maturity, and in your purpose making for his glory, for his kingdom, that his will would be done now and forever in you, through you. He knows your every challenge. He knows your every need. He understands your struggle. He knows and can empathize. He can empathize better than the best human counselor ever could. So my challenge to you, friend, today, would you you depend on him? Would you abide in him? Would you daily surrender your will to Christ's will? Would you keep your eyes forever fixed on Jesus Christ? That's my invitation. I know you've tuned in because you want to be like him. You want to grow in his image. You want to be his follower. If you'd like to connect with us, there's a card on our website. And you can go to it right now. It's called a connect card. You can find it easily there. And there's a, a place where you can mark down that I want to depend on Jesus Christ today. I want to abide in Jesus Christ today. Check that. I want to daily surrender to his will today. I want to keep my eyes fixed on him today. Mark that and turn that in electronically. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a personal need, if there's something in your life you'd like us to pray with you about, if you'd like to tell us that you've given your life to Jesus Christ today as your personal Lord and Savior, tell us electronically. We'd love to connect with you electronically now, but we will certainly pray for you, friend. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the invitation you give to us 
your invitation in Jesus Christ to find new life, wholeness, a new creation, total life transformation in you, through you, by you, by your power and strength. And Lord, today, we are surrendering to you. We're leaning into you in dependence. We're looking to you while our eyes fixed on you. And every day, every day and right now, we are surrendering to you, thanking you for the new life you give us in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray.